This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, folks, we're back with another weekly update. And uh, Clay, you want to talk about some of your uh, upcoming events first? Sure thing. Um, I just posted to my website, www.nomiforager.com, my winter foraging chaga class, chaga and plants. And then um, we're going to have a tea tasting afterwards and some samplings of some food. And um, I'm very excited about it. I I usually have like less than great attendance for my winter classes, but um, I don't know why, because winter classes are fun. You get to learn about stuff. You get to get outside. You get off the couch. You're not watching Netflix. You know, it's 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 exciting. So that's going to be on January. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Looking this up in real time. January 13th. Okay. And that's up by me. Um, Kingsley, Michigan. Okay. So, so Kingsley, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, Kingsley, Michigan. It's going to be by me. And um, I, like I said, I can't stress enough how excited I am about uh, teaching winter foraging classes. Are you going to be fall. wearing shorts? No, I will not be wearing shorts. <laughs> In fact, I have encouraged people when they sign up to, um, if they have them, bring snowshoes potentially, because um, sometimes we get a lot of snow here. Um, honestly, though, it's been years since we had enough snow to merit even using them. All right. Uh, but that, that doesn't stop people um, every winter from using snowshoes on trails around here with two inches of snow. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, so let's talk about last time we had our weekly update. We wanted to talk about your Substack, but we just didn't really, we didn't want to go oh, yeah. long on it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so your Substack article you wrote, I just had a few points that I wanted to point out because you said you'd, it's more instinctual, it's more in our DNA, it's uh, way less boring, and it doesn't <laughs> hurt to be deathly still and sit in a tree stand. Um, yeah. I agree with you 100% on that. I look at it from a different aspect and a different lens, though. 
a lot of people, one, can't because they're either limited mobility, whatever the case may be, to where they can't stalk through the woods like that. Mm-hmm. Another one that I thought of was if you just don't have the acreage or property, especially like people that hunt private land, like mm-hmm. if, if you've got five acres, you could still effectively kill a deer, right? But mm-hmm. you're not going to kill a deer by walking through that five acres. And I mean, what mm-hmm. are you going to spot? You know what I mean? But if you sit still and you sit in a tree stand, your odds go way up of a deer passing through there. Yeah. Um, And then the one other point that I thought of was also public land, the same thing. Some, some tracts of public land just aren't that large, especially in other states. Michigan's got a lot of public land, makes it easy to do such. But I mean, you get into Illinois, you're talking some parcels are only 200 acres. There might not even be any deer in those 200 acres until a certain time of day, you know? So, um, that was some of my thoughts on that. And then also the one thing, and this is the big thing, um, deer, big white tail, mature white tails, the odds of you stalking up on one versus ambushing it, Mm -hmm. I mean, are astronomically in your favor by setting up in the right location and having it come through. Yeah. Um, That's most of the people, that's most of the people, Clay, that, uh, that still a great article. I see your point. I I really do. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, and I agree with you. It is boring as heck sometimes, especially like that one day that I shot that doe and had to go Mm -hmm. back and get her the next morning. Same thing. That was boring, terrible. Like wanted to beat my head on the tree. Terrible. I mean, yeah. but then, but then the opportunity also presented itself. Now I'm not saying I stayed in the same exact tree, but I was out in the woods all day in two different trees. Wow. Um, you know what? Uh, I've been taking my. All right. Well, I had was taking my son out. You know, for the last few days of our rifle season, and we were sitting over a cedar swamp. And, um, man, I mean, he's just got the exact, he must have the exact same condition as me. He starts falling asleep. He's like, he's like, you know, it's, um, and he'll just be like, Oh, I hate this, you know? <laughs> and, and, um, yeah. And we had, um, Oh, I, I didn't talk about this, but I took him out. Um, you know, it was one of the last days of our rifle season and I took him out in the morning we got out there before opening and then we heard a um we heard first a snort uh like a snort wheezing buck just going crazy and then all of a sudden we see two two does walk through and um you know they kind of paused and they were like eating on some stuff and then you know he he had uh didn't have a good shot because of the trees and then that buck kind of like started coming in you could hear it getting louder and he ran them off um and that was exciting right my son liked that but the thing that i always come up come up with is like it is um usually not like that usually we're sitting there me and him and i'm like i'm like don't worry a deer could come out at any minute you know and then and then we wait like three hours and you don't see a thing and it's like how do you convince your 13 year old you know especially in the age of like overstimulation that, I to think... like uh that's a very valid point though. Um, it, but, but 
at the same time, you're learning lessons. Any any kid who goes out on on his first time and shoots like this just massive buck, right? They're mm-hmm. at a huge disadvantage because when your son does shoot one and and get that deer, it's going to mean so much more. Just like my first deer, mm-hmm. how many? I like it was like four years or five years or something like that that I hunted before I ever got a deer, yeah. but I still did it. I'd get up, I'd go out there, didn't know what the heck I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. But I did it, and eventually started figuring out figuring out from all my mistakes and just putting in the work. My first deer, I mean, when that happened, it was just like, it meant so much more. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Um, all the days, work, everything put into it. I mean, it just meant so much more. So my buddy, his kid, actually shot one. Um, first 20 minutes in a stand on a farm, (laughs) uh, first time out, I think. And, uh, just hit one with a French war bow. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, I mean, since then though, he's had some hard lessons because Uh he's gone out and not seen anything. He's gone places and taken a shot and hit limbs that were in the way that he didn't realize were there. I mean, yeah. so I don't know if it, nece- it it put the bug in him by getting that one right off the bat, but now he's got mm-hmm. like a long road of like heartache and, and, and mistakes and everything in front of him that he's got to deal with. So I don't know. I don't necessarily know which way is better, but I feel like the other way with like the struggle and everything going mm-hmm. and being able to persevere and persist through that is going to make you a stronger, better hunter in the end for him. Yeah. Hey, um, what do you think, though, about people, like, um, in regards to, to like, stalking, like, Remy Warren, you know, who seems like, it, it, like, some of the stuff that I've heard him talk about through the years just seems impossible, you know? Okay. Well, I don't, okay. So, Remy Warren's mostly Western, right? Okay, um, yeah, yeah. You're... Yeah. You're not going to have too many guys. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. There's a guy named uh, that recently passed, uh, rest his soul, amazing, amazing human, uh, Fred Aspel. Um, Mm -hmm. And he also has Aspel wool and all that kind of stuff. And you can still, his wife runs the company and they still manufacture and ship really cool, like anoraks. Um, And and they're made out of, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they're sourced here, but they're made in the United States. Really cool products. Anyway he would stalk and still hunt throughout Michigan, Wisconsin, like the Midwest and everything. And was in Pennsylvania and just a killer. Like he was good at what he did. And he'd actually taken some rather large deer, but he would explain it as within walking a football field within two hours sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's so slow. So, I mean, if you think about that two hours (laughs) to just get a hundred yards, but that's what he would Dang. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But some amazing books and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's guys out there that do it in the Midwest. But most of the people that are doing stocks like that, it's out west. It's way more wide open. They're dropping mm-hmm. in. They're up on, you know, um, ridges and stuff like that and glassing drainages and, and um, like, snow shoots on side of, sides of a mountain and, and dropping in and playing the thermals and going after them. It's not impossible. But yeah. think of how many stocks they've done 
that they haven't blown mm-hmm. or that they have blown before they started getting pretty good at it. Another guy, yeah. I don't know if you know who he is, but he is absolutely freaking amazing. And he's like a mountain goat is Brian Barney. Mm-hmm. That dude is a freaking stud. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I've watched him go up a mountain in a matter of minutes. Like just something that would take you or me a flatlander doing like, you know, 2000 vertical that dude mm-hmm. would do it in like 40 minutes, half hour. <laughs> I know like somebody from a mountain would call me a flatlander, but you are hilly. You're yeah, not, we are. you you're, we're starkly different as far <laughs> as, um, terrain. I, I do agree with mm-hmm. you on that. Um, you do where you're at in Michigan is definitely not flat. Um, yeah. it's kind of weird really. Cause it's not like real Rocky either. It's like almost dunes like, yeah, it is. which just like bunch of forest slapped on top of the sand hills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I live, uh, what is it like? Well, right now I probably live 45 minutes, but I used to live a half hour from the sand dunes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that's basically what, so the sand dunes are closer to the water. That's why they have more erosion and you can see more of the sand, but just imagine that's what we have in, in here too as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely different. You definitely have to worry about your thermals a little bit more than I do. Yeah. And I think that's um, a big part of uh, your hunting that you still probably need to figure out. Yeah. So I, um, I was actually, I got the Onyx uh, wind thing going at these spots and I've been checking it and what's hilarious. It's is, way off uh, probably. It's, it's off every time. Yeah. Um, and almost yeah. all of them are, I mean, so what they're going to do is they're going to take like the prevailing of the day and that's what mm-hmm. you're going to get. But if you take milkweed, that's the best thing you can do with milkweed other than eat it is take mm-hmm. the floss and carry it with you and just keep dropping them like one every five minutes, just see what it's doing. And I don't know yeah. if you know this, but one of the things that, I think it's really cool is how many times do you go hiking through the woods and you find a mylar balloon? Hmm. No, I don't know. What is, what is a mylar? A balloon, like a balloon from like a birthday party, you know, like a, Oh, I, I don't know that I have found one. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. I bet you have, you had to have just, you've never gone through so. the woods and found a balloon. No, I don't think so. Get out of here. Okay. Well, now you're ruining this for me. But <laughs> so mylar balloons, if you think about them, they got helium in them. They, they float, they get away, right? And then the winds carry them and they start drifting down. Well, then once they start drifting down, two things catch them, the winds and the thermals. Mm-hmm. So where those thermals hit them tends to drift them into an area where thermals naturally go. And then also the winds swirl until it lands in a certain spot. Okay. Hmm. With that being said, once it's on the ground and it actually settles there, it's because the wind typically swirls. Where you find one of those balloons, you're probably going to find a big buck bed. So the reason being is because they're using their nose for the same purpose where that balloon settled. So They're finding uh, the thermals that are drifting. You know what I'm saying? Like they've got cover on whatever side. They've got the thermals mm-hmm. pushing to them or whatever it may be. And then the wind swirls enough to where they can get a good sense of everything around them. Mm. You know what? I'm thinking of a good new strategy for us. We make publicly challenged uh, mylar balloons and then um, we just sell them to people. They can inflate them in their hunting spots and then uh, shoot them with an arrow when they're in the sky. No, you don't want to shoot them. it. You want the, it to 
still have the helium in it and let it settle. But so, no, okay, we're so not going uh, to pollute make, the environment. That's a horrible yeah, idea, tiny, Clay, and I know you're pool, doing it. Right? And then, and then kind of have it float over your hunting property, and that, it'll find the bucks for you. That sounds, <laughs> no. Can you imagine the environmentalists, uh, the amount of lawsuits we would have? Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty crazy. <laughs> what are um, all these balloons? But, What's this logo? <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I did want to say though before we uh, before we zoom past it the other day, um, we got a newsletter. Or, or sorry, we got a comment. Letter. Yes, yeah. somebody reached out with feedback. Uh, yeah, we got a comment. Yeah, yeah, and I would like to take a minute to read it if that's cool. Yeah. All right. So this is from Kurt. I'm gonna say Eagle, but it might be Eggle. Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> Kurt, yeah, Kurt. It says, uh, yeah, Kurt. Uh, it says, I just listened to your most recent update. Congrats to both of you on your deer harvest. In this episode, you both had talked about how whitetail tastes, specifically about corn-fed deer. While I was up at camp for the Wisconsin deer rifle season, we hunt Marinette, Marinette County. I was hanging out with my uncle and a friend of his. Both of them might be considered old-timers, both being past 70 years old. Anyhow, they were recalling old times and old friends and got to talking about how, how the taste of venison has changed over the years as more ag has been introduced into the area. So basically he was talking about how we were saying that um, corn fed versus um, as I like them, cedar swamp fed with no agriculture. And uh, he agreed, or, or at least um, the old, the old timers old, do. Uh, oh, yeah. The old timers. And um, I think that was really cool. And also, I just got to say, uh, Kurt, your uh, punctuation and grammar is on point, man. I love it. Um, <laughs> I just I, I noticed all, all the commas and the periods. That's excellent. You know, now, nowadays, everybody's got these crazy run-on sentences. Yep. So, yeah. So, um, but, um, thanks, Kurt, for reaching in. Um, and then I just want to say that uh, Publicly Challenged also has some new shirts in the works. There's some new designs that are being worked on, and they will be released very shortly. And I think people will like them. I hope they will like them. Um, and they're all deer-based. So going to be pretty cool. Not exactly the time of season, but they're T-shirts, so you can wear them any time of the year. And hopefully you get them for Christmas or something. Hopefully they drop before then. And well, you can still you can still get the t-shirts, the old t-shirts, which are still awesome. Yep. At yep. publiclychallenge.com. Make a great Christmas present. Sign up for the email. And uh, if you enter your email, I believe you get a twenty percent off first time use coupon. And That's I'm awesome. also thinking there may come a little closer to Christmas, be some free shipping as well. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, all I've got, so, I guess. But uh, they're going to be pretty cool. Well, I, yeah. And I would like to say that if anybody else wants to write in, leave a comment, uh, send some hate mail our way or some love mail, we are uh, willing to hear it. And they can reach us at publiclychallenge.com. And, um, contact us or they can slide into clay bowers's dms send them some <laughs> uh lewd pictures if they want that's fine too 
And um, <laughs> you can hit up publicly challenged DMs on uh, Facebook or Instagram as well. Nice. Yep. All right. Anyway, I'm all. Uh, yeah, I'm all good too. So I'll see you guys next time. Yep. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.